Okay, this week's shir is Parshas Baha'aloscha Tafshinai Beis. As we continue in these uh, Bamidbar, Naso, Baha'aloscha, Parshios that have to do with the years in the Midbar, the first couple of months in the Midbar. And we start off with a thought from the Lubavitch Rebbe in source number one, where he discusses, as we have mentioned many times, the name of the Parsha. Baha'aloscha Eshaneros. When you Elevate the Neros. So, Baha'aloscha, what's the message of Baha'aloscha? Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, in the Lubavitcher Rebbe's Kedarko Bakodesh, what he did in his life. We are taught in Proverbs, we're taught in Mishlei, man's soul is a lamp of God. Right? Ner is Nishmas uh, Ner uh, Adam. Nishmas Adam is a Ner of Akadosh Baruch Hu, That the soul is a part of it, is connected with God. However, in order to enjoy the great benefits of, benefits of it, the correct switch must be found or the proper button pushed. We are all candles. We are all lights. But we have to be turned on. And different stages of our life, different people that we connect to in our life could turn us on. The Baal Shem Tov used to say that the job of every Jew is to help other Jews be turned on. And every Jew, without exception, is connected with God, and every one of them has a switch inside, which, if searched for, will be found. Baha'aloscha es haneros. You have to. Aaron HaKohen. You have to light, lift up, elevate the flame inside each and every Jew. And he even quotes the halacha, that even though the Kohen usually was the one that did the avoda of the Havlakas Haneros, really a czar, a non-Kohen could do it. Even a non-Kohen could do it. How exactly it's done is a question in uh, Lundis. A, a non-Kohen is allowed to go into the Hecho where the menorah is. Could you bring out the menorah? Do you have to use a very long match? Okay, but either way, Me'ikaradin, Hatzlaka Ksher Bizar. What's the message? Says the Lubavitch Rebbe, because every single Jew... Doesn't have to be a Kohen Gadol, doesn't have to be a Kohen. Every single Jew is able to light up and uplift a fellow Jew. He just has to turn on the switch. Find the switch and turn on the switch. How long does one have to keep the flame there? Sometimes it takes a few minutes. You're lighting uh, Hanukkah candles and you, and you light and it, the wick's not catching. You have to keep it there until, until it lights. So how long? By a, by, by, by a person. Nerashem Nishmas Adam. Says the Lubavitcher Rebbe, how long must one continue to ignite another soul? This we could also learn from Aaron's kindling. What does Rashi quote? Until the flame is burning by itself. Until the fire in the recipient, in the person I'm dealing with, until it burns by itself. Until each individual becomes a self-sufficient powerhouse of enthusiasm for all matters of Jewish life and observance. Until the person is overflowing and is burning up, so that, that's the that's the shear. If I teach somebody something and, and they're taught, okay, fine, it's not enough. A parent, a teacher, a friend, anyone that we come in contact with, our job is not done until they're burning, until they're overflowing, until they're lighting up for others. That's what a flame does. That's the ultimate purpose. Right, this brings to mind the Rambam at the end of Hilchus Shuvah. The Rambam in Paragut of Hilchus Shuvah. You have it in source number two. By the way, I recently got an email. You know, could you email me some of the sources? Every Parsha year, I think every most know this, but they're all there. They're all scanned in. Feel free to, to just press on references. But uh, anyway, back to the Rambam. The Rambam in source number two in Hilchus Shuvah tells us, Ketzad Yahava Haranuyah, the tenth parak of the Rambam Hilchus Shuvah, discusses Ahavas Hashem. The love of God. What is the level of Avas Hashem, the ultimate level? Greater than Yira, who the Raman defi- defines it. This is a very high level, but this is the ideal. This is the tenth parrot. They say it's not a coincidence that the Raman has ten prakim of Hilchus Shuvah, and there are Aseris Yimei Shuvah. Some of the men are learning a parrot a day of Aseris Yimei Shuvah. Yom Kippur is the tenth parrot. The tenth parrot, the Raman talks about Avas Hashem. Says the Rambam, the Ketzad Hiava Haruya. What is the ultimate level? The Who? She Yohav Es Hashem Ahava Gedola Yisera Azam Od. Loving God in a very strong, connected way. Achitehe Nafsho Kshura Baavas Hashem Venimsa Shogebotamid. I am connected, and my mind is totally within God. Kiilu Chole Choli Ava. I'm I'm sickly in love. 
What does that mean? Shein daito penuya me'avas osa isha Just like if somebody is 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 madly, what's the washer? Madly in love, sickly in love. If their couple gets engaged, they only can talk about each other. There's nothing else on their mind. They can't focus on anything else. Right? The only thing on their mind is each other. Says the Rambam, giving that mashal. Bein b'shifto, bein b'kuma. When they're sitting, then they get up. Bein b'shashu olcha v'shose. When they're eating, their their entire life. The intensity of the relationship, says the Rambam, yes, there is there. Even greater than this is the highest level. That is what we have to do, as we know, one of the six mitzvos that apply every second of our life. Loving God. What's the ultimate level of loving God? He's always on my mind. Everything connects to Torah. Everything connects to Hashem. That's the goal of life. As Shlomo HaMelech says, Ki cholas ava'ani. So Shlomo, I'm, I'm a chola. All shir shirim. But that's the goal and that's, getting back to number one, that's whenever we come in contact with a fellow Jew and we're trying to inspire them, our job is not done until they're overflowing, until they are shogeh botamid, until the shalheves is ole me'eleha. Okay. That's the beginning of the parsh. Now we get into a lot to talk about. Baloscha has a lot of different topics. Some parshios have a major theme and then a couple of smaller themes. For example, next week's parsha Shlach is going to have a major theme and a couple of smaller themes. Baloscha has a many, many themes. Every 10, 15 sukkim is another topic. So we'll try to touch on a number of them. Oh, we'll skip the first section, which is all about the Arna Cohen waving. Many, many Levium, which is not for now, fascinating story in itself. But we're going to go to Shlishi, Paraktas. Hashem says to Moshe in the Midbar, in the second year since they went out, in the first month, in the first month of the second year, meaning a year after Yitzhak Mitzrayim. That's what we're up to here. A year after Yitzhak Mitzrayim takes place, that is when this, uh, this story of Pesach Sheni is about to take place. Just to keep in mind, I think I mentioned this two weeks ago, but Midbar through Chukas is the first and second year of the Midbar. Chukas, in the middle of Chukas, we start the 40th year until the end, until the end of the Torah. So Chukas, has, that's the transition. The middle of Chukas, Miriam dies in the middle of Chukas. And the end of Korach, Korach is, is, is at the beginning of the Midbar. So, but for the next couple of parshios, we're in the middle of their sojourning in the, in the Midbar. So Hashem says to Moshe in the beginning of the second year, and we have the parsha of Pesach Sheni. Rashi points out, Pasach Aleph, parsha Shebarosha, Sefer Lonem Radiyar. If you look back at the first Pasach in Bamidbar, that's the beginning of Bamidbar, it takes place in the second month of the second year. So we're obviously not in chronological order here. Rashi points out, you can't get out of this one. Because Bamidbar is the second year, second month, and here is second year, first month. So that is agreed upon. The Torah is not written in chronological order. So why not? Why isn't it written in chronological order? Every time it's not, you have to ask the question, why? Just like in Sefer Shmos, we have Truma and Tetzaveh before Kisisa. And according to many Rishonim, the Truma and Tetzaveh, the Mishkan, was a Kapara for the Egel. So why was it written earlier? So it was written earlier because we want to connect it to Shabbos. There are always reasons why the Torah is not written. It wasn't just Stam, HaKadosh Baruch who said, we're not going to write it. Generally, it's written in chronological order. But every once in a while, we have an exception to the rule. So here's an exception that is agreed upon, must be an exception. So why didn't, why isn't this, why isn't Pesach Sheni the first section of Sefer Bamidbar? Mipnei he gnusan shel Yisrael. Says Rashi, because it reflects something detrimental, something negative of Eklai Yisrael. Why? We spoke, past years, Pesach Sheni really symbolizes, you know, people wanting to do mitzvahs, as we'll get back to soon. Says Rashi, No. Because all 40 years in the Midbar, besides Yitzhak Mitzrayim, when obviously they brought carbon Pesach, second year was the only carbon Pesach that they brought. They didn't bring another carbon Pesach until they came in with Yeshua Benun, 
and they came in the first year after Kanisa Laris. This was it. This is the last carbon Pesach. And therefore it's like, you know, it's not, uh, it's not so great. It's not such a great thing to talk about. The, la- the, the only carbon Pesach that was done in the desert. And what about the other th- 38 years? Right? So that's the Gnus. Gnus of Am Yisrael. That is Rashi. Asks Tosfus. If you look in source number three, Tosfus and Mesechus Kedushin. It's quoted first by the Maharal, the Gur Aryeh. Tosfus and Mesechus Kedushin asks, what's the Gnus exactly? Why is, does this reflect something negative? Hikshu betosfus, ma Gnusi ishpazeh. Halo, lo nischaivu betesach, ha chabo, laris Yisrael. What? They didn't have a chiva current Pesach. Why? They didn't have Rasmila. Why did they do Rasmila? Various reasons. It was a Sakana. Whatever the issue was, but they didn't do Brasilia, there was no chiv of Karman Pesach from year 3 to 40. So what's the gnus? What's so bad? Oh, it's terrible. We can't start off with Saver by Midbar with it. What? They didn't, they were potter. Onis Rechmana Patre. Kidachziv. Vahayaki Savoavares. When you come to Eretz Yisrael, you'll do this. So why exactly is it a gnus? Tosfus answers. Line 11. Tirtu Betosfus. Kivan shebeshvil chet am nishtau ba midbar imkain haynu gnusholahem. Why were they in the midbar for forty years? Why didn't they go in right away? Next week's parsha. So it is gnus. You're right. It's not gnus because of its ones, but they brought the ones upon themselves. Right? Forty years they didn't do it because they were stuck there based on their own actions. Sheomale chet am. Had they not sinned, they would have come right away. So it's a genus, not that. You read Rashi like, oh, it's a genus that they didn't do the Pesach. Says Tosas, no, it doesn't mean that. It's a genus that they didn't do the Pesach because they sinned of the Meraglim, the Meraglim, and they ended up staying in the Midbar for 40 years. That's, that's Tosas. Says the Maharal, says the Gerarye, different shot. It doesn't say that in Chazal. It doesn't say in Chazal, it's a genus that they, they, they sinned in the Meraglim. It says in Chazal, the Gnus is that they didn't do any more Pesachs. That's what it says in Chazal. That's the Gnus. Says the Gur Daiti. The Baraglam was after this, but when the. Fred, this might relate to the Machlokas you're asking, no, how the Torah was written. Chasum or Megillah Megillah Nitna. I mean, if the Torah was written in Arvas Moab, everything else was put together. By that time, Moshe Rabbeinu was putting together, he was going to put Pesach Shani first, and he knew by that time there was no more Karman Pesach brought. You're asking if the Torah was written Megillah Megillah Nitna, it was written piece by piece, so when Moshe Rabbeinu would have written this, it wouldn't have happened yet. Okay, question. But we're going with the. Uh, assumption that Akadosh Baruch Hu, the divine vision of seeing the entire Torah. Well, the Fidaiti ain't Sarah. Says the Maharal, take the Chazal Kipshuto. Kipshuto meaning that the Gnus was they didn't do Pesach. Ay, it was Ba'ones. Says the Maharal, he sold Gadol. Even if somebody is Ba'ones and they can't do a mitzvah, it's still Chaval. It's still somewhat of a Gnus. They're not going to be faulted for it. But it still reflects you're lacking the mitzvah. Lamaisa, you didn't do the mitzvah. So it's it's not great. Somebody somebody whatever somebody doesn't have money to buy a lulav and esrei. So they can't buy a lulav and esrei. They can't do it. So okay, Hashem's not going to fault you, but you know it's really it's really sad that you didn't get to do the mitzvah. Says the Maral, Sha'af imu pater min mitzvah, O machmas onsa, O shepatro, even if it ones. Gnaiulo, still gnai. To so so flow asu a mitzvah kamishan shoyi ba midbar. Hashem's not going to fault them, but it still reflects something negative. It's terrible. They didn't do the mitzvah for thirty nine years. Shekamishu potter min a mitzvah machmashu ones. If anybody is potter, gnaiulo shlo asa mitzvah. De lo amrin on ones rachmana patre. What do we mean by saying if you're an ones? You ha- don't have, you're exempt from the obligation, rockling in patrim and onish. You don't get punished for it. Shem doesn't hold us accountable. Avomikom akom, genayu lo shalo asaha mitzvah. Vahayalos they could have done it. Lobaisa, I don't do a mitzvah when I have the chance to do a mitzvah. That's a goodness for me. I have an opportunity to do something. Even if I'm putter, if I don't do it, I'm lacking. Vikan lo hayalahem schus, osa mitzvah, didn't have the schus. Okay, 
It says, uh, if somebody's potter from a mitzvah, suma, right, according to, according to uh, certain cheetahs in the Tadan, a blind person is potter from certain mitzvahs. What? V'chi ein g'nai lo davar, is that potter? He would much rather be chayef. But he can't do the mitzvah l'maysa. She yosu tov she chayef. Right, so therefore, says the Maharal, it's a gnus. Oh, it was not their fault? If I don't get a chance, if I don't get to do a mitzvah, so then it's terrible. Where does it else does this come up in Alacha? It comes up in the beginning of Masachas of Zara. The story, Laasin Lavo, that's going to happen, Akharish Baruch Hu says, if we ever have to leave the sukkah, what state of mind are we in? Amru Lafanov, the Umos Ha'olam, Talakharish Baruch Hu. Beginning of Masechet Avodah Zarah starts off with a number of blot. It's the only Masechta like it. It's a safer on Avodah Zarah that points out. It's the only Masechta in Shas that starts out with three blot of Agadita. Straight, from the beginning. It's the only Masechta. Interesting why that is. Why does it start with a lot of Agadita? So I went to the, uh, the uh, safer that I saw, gave the answer, just to Sarah Agav, that much of Avodah Zarah is all about that we're downtrodden and we're pushed over and all these laws that we had to enact to keep separate because we were we were getting lost. Bishalakim Khalavakim and all the the first couple of problems about Vodazara and you find that Vodazara. So we're the downtrodden lowly nation. So we have three blood at the beginning, but you should know what the future holds for us. Lasilava. Start off the Sakas of Vodazara with with uh, tremendous agaditas about Lasa Lavo and Gogu Magu. So one of the, part of one of the stories is right here at Dav Gimel. Amru Lafana, Rabbanu Shalolam. In the future, Umos Ha'olam, they're going to be upset. Give us another chance. Give us another chance. We'll do better this time. Hashem says, how can I give you another chance? Shotim Shabbat you fools. Misha Tarach Be'erev Shabbos, Yochav Shabbos. Here's that line. If you prepare the chalant on Friday, you'll have chalant on Shabbos. If you didn't buy the barley and the beans and the potatoes, you're not going to have chalant. It's just as simple as that. So what am I supposed to do? This, this world, Olam Azeh, is Erev Shabbos. Right, so what am I supposed to do? But Hashem says, you know what? I'll give you an easy mitzvah. What does that mean? Easy, separate topic. Feel free to look at the Mepharshim. The Sukkah Shema, I'll give you a mitzvah. Sukkah. Try to do Sukkah. L'chu suota. Do the mitzvah. Okay, how does Gemara ask me? Matzah Zamrit, how can you give him another chance? It's already lost at Lavo. You don't have any more chances then. Okay, HaKadosh Baruch works it out. Good. Skipping a couple of lines. Line 8. Miyad, kalecha, necha, nota, nota, sukkah, brosh, gago. So what did everybody do? Everybody goes, they all go and make a sukkah on their roof. Which already shows why they're making the sukkah on the roof. It has to do with go, ga, go, 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 Make it on the roof. Make it just say, Pasha, they used to use their roofs. And Hashem made it burning hot, like the middle of the summer. Each one said, I need this. They went out, they kicked down their sukkah, and they left. Based on the passage at the beginning of Tehillim. I asked the Gemara, Right, I, Hashem, isn't always, Hashem always fair? He made it boiling hot, what do you expect? This was another chance? It's like, my answer is no. We should be Yisrael Nami. What do you mean? Many times, you know, Jews also, it's very hot on Sukkis. And they're in pain. Says the Gemara, yes, and they also leave the Sukkah. They also leave the Sukkah. Yeah, but how does a Jew leave a Sukkah? When a Jew leaves a Sukkah because of its tire, it's raining. It's boiling. There are mosquitoes. Whatever the case is, how should a Jew leave a sukkah? Oy. I wish I could do the mitzvah. I wish I could stay in the sukkah. What could I do? The mitzvah is only when I'm comfortable and, and I'm not mitzvah. You kick down the sukkah? That's not what a Jew does. If I don't do a mitzvah, even if I'm putter, it's a ganai. It's a problem. The Mishnah in Sukkah even gives the mashal. It's like Hashem, when he rains, it's like he's throwing the, the wine back in our face. When a, when a servant is bringing the wine to a master, we look for chances to do mitzvahs. We're potter, we're potter. But Sefer by Midbar does not start off with Pesach Sheini because it's still a Gnai that Am Yisrael weren't able to do carbon Pesach. 
even though they were potter and unsin. Okay. Now a detail. We have three thoughts on Pesach Sheini tonight. Pesach Sheini, one of the highlights. One word. Now we're going to focus on one word. We know the Anshe Pesach Sheini, who are the ones who obviously search for mitzvahs. Right, just to connect what we just said to what we mentioned a number of years ago, the main message that many of the Bali Machshava talk about on Pesach Sheini, these were people who were potter from the mitzvah, but they said, so what? We want to do it. Right? They were Tomei. We want to do it. Right? And that's why they... they typify and illustrate this message of the Maharal. They don't want to be left out, even that first year. Even that first year, they don't want to be left out. Okay, so they come and say, Moshe, we were Tameh, Lama Nigara, why are we left out? We want to do it. So, Moshe, Moshe says to them, Imdu ve'eshma'ah, ma'yitzavah Hashem lachem. Okay, stay here, I'm going to find out what Hashem has to say. And Chazal said this is one of the examples, and Moshe didn't know the answer. Unbelievable. Imdu Veshma. He has to go ask Akadish Barakul. Hashem tells him the answer. Asks the Balshemtov. Or the Balshemtov gives a pshat. Second Balshemtov. Balshemtov gives a pshat. What's the word Imdu? Stand here and I will let you know. Let me stand here. Why don't Moshe tell? Go back to your tent. Go back. I'm going to find everyone Akadish Barakul. I'm going to go and uh, have a vision. Right? One of the four differences. Between Moshe Rabbeinu and all the other Nevi'im, this week's Parsha, the end of the Parsha. Moshe Rabbeinu is different, which Beth Hashem will get to. One of the four differences is that Moshe can talk to Hashem when he wanted to. Right? It's not like he had to wait for the vision to come. So Moshe said, Imdu Beshma. So why did Moshe just tell them? Um, go back to your tents. I'll, I'll find out the answer. Right? If anybody sometimes, if it's going to take a few minutes to get an answer, and somebody calls the Rav, I'll call you back. I'll call you back. Hold on. Does he always say, hold on, if it's going to take a while? Usually not. It's not nice for the people who are answering the questions. It's not nice for the Rav. He also pressurized also. I'll call you back. Right? If it's not a, it's not a need to know at that moment. So why Moshe say, you know, stand here. Imdu Veshma. Stand here. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll go ask the Kodesh Baruch. Story. The Baal Shem Tov always had a long Shemona Esrei. Source number six. Da'akal shal abesht. Ha'isal ha'arak Especially on Shabbos and Yantif. One time... The people in his shul, they were davening, and the Baal Shem Tov was still davening. They all finished, and they were starving, whatever the case may be. They were Gisha Chusha, they felt starving. So you know what? They said, you know what? Let's go get a quick bite. And by the time we come back, he won't be finished yet. Oh, we'll still have plenty of time. So they went out. They went to the side room. They made, I don't know, Shabbos, Yandet, they made Kiddush, they had a Mizonos, the oranges of the first Kiddush club. I don't think so, but whatever it was. Maybe it was a weekday. And what happened? They came back. They came back, and lo and behold, he had finished already, and he was waiting for them. And they were very surprised. We rushed. We looked at our watches. How long does the, the Baal Shem Deshwan usually takes? He went. He went quicker. I don't know if he knew. He wanted to teach us a lesson. Achar Tfila, here of Echad Mitalmitim, Mishal, one of the Talmitim said, Rebbe, I don't understand. Why were you so short today? Madu Akitra, Yom Batilaso. Says the Baal Shem Tov, I'll give you a mashal. Yadua, line 9. We know there's migration of birds. In the winter, they go to the hotter climates. One time, a beautiful bird came, and it came to a country they had never seen such a bird. It was gorgeous, unbelievable. They see it on top of the tree, they're like, wow. Never saw that bird before. It was all the way up top. No, you can't get there. You want to try to catch it. You want to try to put it in the zoo. It's all the way at the top of the tree. How are we going to get it? So Shabbat HaMelech, the Melech says, Okay, I have a plan. Get ten men. Ten men, they'll all stand on each other's shoulders. And the top guy is going to grab the bird. And we'll have the beautiful bird for my, for my kingdom. So they start... One person comes, the first guy, the second guy, the third guy. All of a sudden, you get to the fifth guy, the sixth guy, the bottom guy. He starts going back and, and forth and starts shaking and it's heavy until finally you get to maybe number seven or whatever it is. Boom! The guy falls down. He can't, he can't, he couldn't. Right? Sometimes you have at weddings, you have a triple. You have a triple uh, uh, on shoulders. I know, the, the, more, the higher it is, the less steady it is. The only way the guy on top 
is going to get to what he wants to get to is if everybody on the bottom are sturdy and holding strong and holding him strong. That's the only way that the guy on top is going to be able to reach the greatest of heights. Says the Baal Shem Tov, when I'm davening with a tzibur that's with me, when I'm in shul with a minion, when everybody's there, so then my shmon esrei is, is something. Then I feel it. Then I'm in the zone, as the saying goes. But when you left me, I was all alone. The whole, the whole pile fell down. Right? Just think about somebody, oh, hopefully it shouldn't happen too often, somebody has to dive without a minion. That's one answer is much different than when we dive with a minion. Much different. Much different with a minion. We all, we all pick each other up. The tzibur. Says the Baal Shem Tov. And that's the pshat. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, his kochos, Warrant his kochos when he was hearing something relating to Am Yisrael. He wasn't going to hear something without Am Yisrael supporting him. Says the Baal Shem Tov, In Duveshma, stand here with me. Veshma, my Yitzav Hashem Lachem. Klomer, in Dukanet, sleep. Ubischuschem, Eshma, my Yitzav Hashem. In your schus, I will hear what Hashem commands. Kikochos, Amosho, Bischus Yisrael, Ayyadesh, Boklulim, Neshamas, Kal Yisrael. That's the Baal Shem Tov. The story, the message, and the pasuk. Good. Third thought related to Pesach Shein. Third and final thought. Again, a Yisod Gadol. A lot of Yisodos tonight. We have the Yisod of the Gurarye. Now we have the Yisod, a Yisod of the Meshachachma. It's the Meshachachma. Going deeper, based on the Chazal's question. Not only a Muktamurcha Torah out of order, but he has another question about the Pesach Sheini issue. Why wasn't Pesach Sheini given to Moshe Rabbeinu at Arsina? Why wasn't it given? Kadesh Baruch Hu gave Moshe all the Torah. He gave him Parshas Bo. HaChodesh HaZalachem. All the Allah HaZalachem in Pesach. Why the delay? So Chazal say, because they were, they had the great impetus. But there's got to be something else, says the Meshach Achma. Why did Hashem wait? Why didn't Hashem give Pesach Sheni along with the rest of the Torah at Maimon Sinai? Says the Meshachachma, a thought that is based on the words of the Svarno. Interestingly, the Meshachachma usually does not quote the Svarno. And he just, if you read the Svarno, you read the Meshachachma, you see there are parallels. But here he quotes the Svarno. Let me tell you an idea, says the Meshachachma, that is based on the words of the Svarno. And that is amazing. If Am Yisrael would not have committed the crime of the Egel, they wouldn't have needed, this is going according to that day in Rishonim, they wouldn't have needed centralized places for God to rest. Mikdash, Mishkan, Beis HaKnesses, they wouldn't have needed those places. Why? Va'asuli Mikdash V'shachanti B'socham. B'socham Echad V'echad. Every Jew was on the level of carrying the Shechina as the others were a Merkava L'shechina. At Maimar Sinai, we reach the level every Jew could have the Hashras Hashchina, Asher Bo Yisachtu V'Yispalu Kol Aknasiyah Yisraelis. Rak B'Chol Makom Asher Asker Shmi Avoy Lech Averach Ticha. Everywhere, every single Jew would have been Zocha and was Zocha at that time before they lost it at the Egel. Nasev and Ishva, they had the crowns on them. Every Jew was like all Klal Yisrael. Every Jew had the status of the entire Tzibor in that they were Zochet to get Ashras HaShchina. Rock, mind five. Acharei Ashachatu Be'egel Hayutamid Besakana. But after the Egel, when the Zuama, the spiritual impurity that came into Adam and was purified through the Avos and was totally gotten rid of by the Maimon Arsina, it came back at the Egel. Lachain. So now we need a Mikdash. Now we need a Mishkan, because you know what? Every Jew doesn't have the status of a Tzibor. We need a Makam Shalat Tzibor 
for Hashem to be Mashri Shechina. Asher Elav Ponim Kolavavos B'nai Yisrael. We need that now, but we didn't need it originally, turning over the page. Says the Meshachachma, if you think about this, right now we know post, post Egel, we have the principle of Ein Sibar Nechrasim, Chai Yisrael will always live on, Mahu Bachayim, Avzara Bachayim, Bechulu, line 10. But for Kivin Shekodem Chekid Egel, Achar Matan Torah, Hayakal Yachid Roy Lemishkan HaKavit, before Matan, before Egel, after Maimon Arsinai, every single Jew was like a Tzibur. So what's the halacha? We wouldn't have needed Pesach Sheni. Because even a single Jew that would be Tameh would have been able to do it on Pesach Rishon. Kemot Sibor, line 12. And that's why now we have to connect to the Tzibor, it's not the din of the Yachid. And he talks other examples of this, but that's why he says, now the punchline in the next column, only a Yachid, Lachain eno osef etumah, da shochini tam besoch tumasam, afa bishetumayim heim, dafka betumah Tzibor. Post Egel, tumah hutcher betzibor, dechuyah betzibor, Hashem's presence resides on the entire nation, even if they are Tameh. V'lachain kodemah Egel, even a yachid would have been able to do it on Pesach Rishon. Because a yachid would have been like the Tzibur. You didn't need Pesach Sheni by Maimon Arsinai. It was a mitzvah that only became a need later on. Once you needed it, then you say, okay, who's going to get it in? Interestingly, who are the people? According to at least one day, different days. Who are these tummy people? Who died in the Midbar? So some say it was the people who were carrying Nosei Aron Oshel Yosef, but others say it was Mishael ve'el Tzafan that were Osek in the Misas Nadav Aviyu. Asher Misasa Ma'e Kapara Al Ma'esah HaEgel. Kamosha Amru, Aram was half a soldier yesterday, brought an Ezzara, but there's another Chazal, that this was also connected to the Egel, but Dafka them, because the Egel was the what brought about the need for Pesach Sheni, they were the ones that were asking. I gave you, just gave you the Rabbi Cooperman's footnote in source number nine, where he quotes the Svarnos in other places that this is based on the Svarno in the end of Vayikra in um, Parshas B'chukosai, where he talks about that we wouldn't have needed one place. You see on line seven there. Lo makom echad bilvad, amar imken es halich b'sochachem. Ki lo makom echad bilvad, yared shef ha'kavad, kamo shay b'mishkan b'mikdash, but it would have rested upon each and every Jew. Good. That's Pesach Sheni. Three ideas. We continue. We have the Masaos of Klal Yisrael. We have the Chatzotros, which we have spoken about in the past. We have the Nesim listed again. Yisro makes an appearance in Parshas Bahaloscha. Not called Yisro, but by Ebra Moshe Lechovav ben Reuel Hamidyani, Chosein Moshe. Yisro makes an appearance. And then we have Vayibit Soahara. We have the backwards Nunin, and we have the Tupsukim, Vayshishi, Vayibit Soahara, Vayomer Moshe, Kuma Hashem, Vayibutu Avecha, and Uvenucho Yomar, Shuvah Hashem, Rivavos Alfa Yisrael. According to the Gemara in Mesecha Shabbos, these Tupsukim constitute a separate Chelek of the Torah. There are really seven books in the Torah. Bereshus Shmos Vayikra, Bamidbar pre Vayib ben Soa, Vayib ben Soa, and Uvenucha Yomar, that's Parsha, that's five. Then after Vayib ben Soa, that's six, and then Dvarim is seven. You're really seven Chalakim of the Torah. Okay, that's the Chazal and Shabbos of Kuftez Zayin. Ask the Slanim Rebbe, the Nesiva Shalom. So what's the message of this Sefer of the Torah? The message of Rashis, okay, Derech Eretz Kadma Latorah, you learn about the Avos. The message of Shmos, Geula. Vayikra, a lot of halachas. Taras Kohanim. Right, there are many messages. What's the message of these two psukim? Vahibetzoa, when the Aaron traveled, Moshe Hashem, Kuma Hashem Yifutzo Evecha, Uvenucha Yomar. What exactly is the message of this 
entire sefer of the Torah. Says the Nesiva Shalom Al Derech Drush. Al Derech Drush. But so be your line six. What do we learn from this? What do we learn from this? Torah is from the word Hora'ah, to teach me something. So what do we learn? Every Chumish in the Torah. Right. Obviously, it's not Mamish, a separate Sefer. Chamisha Chumshe Torah. That's what we call it, a Chumish. A chumish is called the word chamisha. But in a sense, Chazal is trying to tell us that it is a safer to teach us something. So what is it? Says the Nesiva Shalom in the next cow. This is a safer b'fnei and it has to teach us the following. There are mitzvos and there are midos. There are actual mitzvos. These two psukim do not constitute mitzvos. But there are many messages that we glean from Sukkim in the Torah that are not categorized as one of the Tariq Mitzvahs. That's what's going on in these two Sukkim. So what is it? What is it? Says the Nesiva Shalom in the name of the Avodah Yisrael. Mind six. You know what the Aron moving symbolizes? It symbolizes every Jew going in life. We have our Neshama inside of us. We have the Torah inside of us. As we travel through life, there are always challenges. There are always setbacks. There are always difficult situations. Rachman al-Islan sometimes. Whenever we try to accomplish something in life, it's part of the Bria that it's not easy. It's part of the Bria that the Satan and whoever it is, there are roadblocks. Hine. You know, sometimes there are certain highways that always have traffic. There are certain highways that every... You don't even have to listen to the news. They always, you don't have to listen. It's a chiddush if it doesn't. Like the news will announce that it's, it's wide open. It's a chiddush. Right? But life is, life is like one of those highways. We have to realize life is not meant to be smooth. That's not the, that's the, what, what life is supposed to be. Vihine. As we try to accomplish things in life, getting closer to Hashem, it's inherent in the Bria that there are challenges. It's part of what Hashem did. And it's not, it's, it's beyond, beyond human comprehension why this person has these nisyonos and this person has those nisyonos. That's asking a motivation of God that's beyond, beyond us. We can never ask why. We could ask, as Rav always used to say, we can't ask the why question, we can ask the what question. What? What could I learn from it? What am I supposed to do in this situation? Why is beyond us? Says that, says that it's Yosef And only Hashem knows this. We can't go up through difficulties. That's what, that's what we, that's what we do. We don't even know. And every situation in life Gets us to the next level. That's what nisayon is from the word nes. Nes means a flag that you wave. Once I pass the nisayon, that I can wave the flag, that I can feel good, that I that I accomplished, and then I go to the next level and the next level. But it's very challenging. And without siyata deshmaya, without Hashem helping us through with my ishtalus, that's the only way we could, we could accomplish it. Moshe Rabbeinu knew that. Moshe Rabbeinu, the nos in Torah. And he davens for us, and his koach helps us. As we travel through life with our own Aaron, Moshe, Moshe tells Hashem, Kum Hashem, let the enemies of my people, Moshe Rabbeinu, the Oman, like the, 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 the mother, the father of all of us. Right, so, let the davens to our Kodesh Baruch, our real Avinu Malkeinu, let the enemies fall away. Next time the Torah comes out of the Aaron, let's have this Kavana. Kavana, Kum Hashem, help me out in all of my Nisyonos in life. It's our Shmira Gedola. That's what happens. That's the Pasik. Let them pass their Nisyonos. 
And then he just adds parenthetically, and these challenges are, Every Jew goes down to this world with a specific shlichus. Every person has a unique shlichus. It's not everybody's shlichus to be the Gadol Adar. To learn Shas 400 times. Shemosha Feinstein shlichus to be the Posig Adar. And, oh, we have to try to do that. But but everybody has their own tachlis. Everybody has their own. This my shlichus is to uh, overcome this challenge. And to inspire this person. And to live in this generation. So everybody has their own shlichus. And we have to try to accomplish it. And Moshe Rabbeinu is on our side. Right? So, just like Moshe Davin for Klai Yisrael in the first generation, he davens for Klai Yisrael in every generation. But then he says, and he quotes even the Ma'ore Naim, line 33, that every Jew has his ten tests. Just like Avram Avinu, Yitzchak, Yaakov, every Jew has ten tests. But that's step one. Through our life, we have a challenge and we accomplish. Once we reach a certain level, a plateau, so then we can't sit back. We have to say, okay, there's no challenge now. I got to accomplish as much as I can accomplish. Not only the Sir Meira, once I, de- I accomplished over the Nisayon, the Asetov. Go for it. Do as much as you could do. If I have a, a certain section and stage of my life, it might be short, it might be long, whatever it is, in between the, in between the um, challenges, says the Pasik, Uvenucho Yomar. Once you reach a, a moment, a Shav Menucha, Yomar, Shuva Hashem Rivavos Alpha Yisrael. Affect thousands. To Achar she Yehudik from his Gabriel and his Yonos, the Kavash as a Yitzhahara, Adain Lassim Shlichuso. Just finishing and getting through the Nisayan is not good enough. The Tachlan of Odes Hashem is Abba's Hashem and Yerus Hashem and, and accomplishing it and working on myself and working on others. Further and further and further on Mea Vasrim. It's never time to take a break. Bikish Yaakov, Leishi Vashalva. Bikish Eri Jew, Leishi Vashalva. Doesn't mean you can ever take a vacation. But Pikish Yaakov Leshibashalva. This is the message of Ahibit Zohar. This separate safer of the Torah is to give Chizik to Klai Yisrael. Last paragraph. Zeu Inyan Parsha Zu. Shebahis Pala Moshe Rabbein Olavashalva. Moshe Davins. Upikit. And maybe, interestingly, why this is Dafka in between, as we know, Peronios. Complaints of Am Yisrael here, complaints there. Moshe realizes Am Yisrael aren't perfect. We have a lot of challenges. But he davins. Sir Meirah, Kuma Hashem help out my people. Help them overcome their nisyonos. And then, Shuva Hashem Ribavos. Hashem Shuva Hashem, return. Ribavos Am Yisrael, inspire them. Help them accomplish the thousands of Jews that want to be close to you. Okay. That's for that section of the Torah. Now we move on to the next parsha. Right afterwards, Paragiraf. Ha'am onanim Hashem. The Am starts complaining. Misonanim. What do they complain about? Doesn't say explicitly in the Torah this complaint. Rashi quotes a misonim eloshin alila mevakshem alila hech lifrosh me'acharei amakom. They were looking. They were looking for a way to distance themselves. From their chiv and mitzvahs. Hashem gets angry. There was a plague that went out. Okay, and they called that place Tavera. Next. Rashi, as he quotes, Rashi is a tremendous defender of Chai Yisrael. I think we're blaming Yitzchak. But it starts with Rashi. Many times Rashi says, oh, I was the Erev Rav. By the Egel, it was the Erev Rav. Right here, Asaf Suf. Rashi, Elu Erev Rav. The Arab, what they say though? But Pashas, it might not be the Arab Raf. It's Rashi, but what did the other we showed him? It was Jews. Oh, I wish we had some steak. They had the mun. They had the mun. But they wanted steak. But they couldn't just like, they wanted actual steak. Right? T- mun tasting like steak wasn't good enough. Zachai, here's one of the most difficult lines in this entire sefer. 
Zacharnu es adaga, ashenocha v'mitzrayim chinam. Ah, remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt? Ah, oh, those fish. Yeah, it was the fish that were floating around with the baby boys in the river. Zacharnu es adaga, ashenocha v'mitzrayim chinam. Remember the fish? It was great fish. They had great sushi in Egypt. Zacharnu es adaga, chinam. And we'd have to pay for it. Exactly, what's the message? The cucumbers, the watermelons, the onions, the fried onions. Ah, oh, I could still smell it. They had the mun. Mitzrayim. They forgot it was a year ago. It was one year ago. Okay, you want to count the year of the Marcus? That also counts. Two years ago, they were downtrodden, lowly. They could. They wish to get back. What does that mean? Chinam, Rashi. In Tomar Shemitzrayim no selon dagam chinam. Does he really mean that the Egyptians gave them fish for free? They didn't give them straw for free. Halo kvarnema, but tevam lo yinatim lahem. In tevam lo yinatim lahem chinam. Dagam lo yinatim chinam. What they gave? They gave them food for free. They just they didn't give them tevam. They give them anything. Fend for yourself. There must be something deeper here. Say Chazal, Umar, Omer, Chinam, Chinam, Min, HaMitzvos. I wish I was back in Mitzrayim. I didn't have to make brachas. Right, I didn't have to do. Mitzvos! That's the key word in the Pasuk. Forget everything else. It's a made-up story. The fish, the this, the that. Chinam. Mitzvos, free. Says Rav Sternbach in Tam Vadas. It's still somewhat difficult. To want to be back in Egypt, there has to be something deeper. Says the Tavadas, again, very important lesson for us. Biuro, line four. Shalotalachas v'shalom aladas. We should never think. We shouldn't think. It wasn't that the Jews wanted to just like be parikol and throw everything away. Ella, kavonas tulunas b'nei Yisrael shebe Mitzrayim, you know what the difference is? In Mitzrayim, they, knew, they, they got their rations, whatever it was, no matter what. They got their little rations. In the Midbar, everything is tit for tat. I behave myself. I raise myself spiritually. Then Hashem rewards me in in kind. Life of a Jew, says of Sternbach, is Scharva Onish. There's nothing that we get automatically. Everything is earned. That's how Kodesh Baruch Hu created the system. We say it twice a day. Why do we say the second parsha of Shema? Because Kabbalah is Scharva Onish. First parsha is Kabbalah is Second is Kabbalah is Mitzvah. Life's about earning. Doing what I'm supposed to do and getting, getting a Kodesh Baruch, Nachas Ruach. Am Yisrael didn't like that. Why do we, why does it have to be so, so pressurized, so everything is totally on what I do? Avo Bamidbar, he mizonim min hamon, shahu mazon ruchani. Vahayim ishtane betama ubi yirudasal, if he erich maseyem. The Gemara Yuma says that Tzadikim got the money at their doorway. Right? The, uh, him had to go outside to the front yard. The the uh, ones who were not benonim, they had to go out to the field. So depending on your spiritual level, that determined where your mon was. But this is so much pressure. Why can't you just give me the mon? I'm doing. I'm just. I'm doing my best. Just give me the mon. Chinam. They don't want to throw it away. But just give it to me. It's risky, right? If somebody said, "I know this is the this is the amount of uh, sometimes it's easier. You know, this is the salary." Or you can earn more if you do more. You don't get less. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, it's, it's, there's, not, there's no baseline. Whatever you do, that's how I'm going to act with you. Right? Kodesh Baruch Hu is our shadow. Kodesh Baruch Hu is our reflection. That was, that was a, new, a new state for them. Yisrael Bikshu would not take tlut mizonam b'maasehem. Why does it have to be so dependent? That's what they didn't like. But that's what life's about. Yes, Akadosh Baruch Hu is a Rachman. 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu has Rachmanis on us and he gives us time and he's an Erech HaPayim. But ultimately, Misha Tarach Be'erev Shabbos, Yochal B'Shabbos, to quote earlier in this year. And therefore, that's the message that we have to take. At the beginning, it was difficult. But it all works out in the end and everybody earns exactly what they're supposed to get. Okay, two more thoughts for the evening, both about the last section of the Parsha. Again, every few seconds, you turn the page, you're like, oh, this is also in this Parsha. Miriam and Moshe. Miriam and Moshe. One thought about Miriam, one thought about Moshe. First about Moshe. Says of Yisrael Salanter, based on the Pasik, famous Pasik, Poish Moshe Anav Ma'od. Let's read it inside. Moshe Rabbeinu is spoken about by his sister, by his brother, and Kodesh Baruch Hu has to give them a, a message. They speak about it. Hashem hears, and amazingly, in between the Lashon Hara and Hashem coming to Moshe and to Miriam and, and giving them the rebuke and the punishment, in between you have one Pasuk stuck in there. Obviously, juxtaposed for a reason. That Pasuk can be taken out and the story flows perfectly. That Pasuk is there to teach us something. We'll get back to that. But first, says Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, just think about the Rekha for a minute. Think about the background. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote the Torah. Was, right, it was uh, transmitted to him to write down. We know the last ape sukkim Moshe might not have written. That's a machlokas tanoim, because Moshe Rabbeinu can't write by Yom Moshe. He wrote this Pasuk. But the Torah still declares him, V'ha'ish Moshe anav ma'ot. Even writing this Pasuk dictated from God did not change Moshe Rabbeinu. And this was written at the height of his career, so to speak. Yisiyas Mitzrayim, Maimed Arsinai. They didn't do the Meraglim yet. Right? Meimariva didn't happen yet. And still, Ho'ish Moshe Anav Ma'od. So think about it. Says Rabbi Sosalantar at Source 13. Number one, he wrote it. Number two, not only did he write it, but he was on top of his career. He was oblivious. I had discussed this afternoon to David Mincha right behind Rav Chaim Kanievsky. Shiva, we went to B'nai Brak. I know where he sits. He doesn't sit in the Mizrach. He sits in the middle, right behind the Bima. I went 10 minutes early. He sit right behind him. Right behind him. He, he is oblivious to, to the crowds and the throngs and the whole shul is on fire because of him. The whole shul. Because he's there, he davens. Obviously, if you're lucky enough, you have a connection, you get two, three, uh, you get four seconds with him and you get the bracha vatzlacha, which is his, uh, his bracha that he gives. Even if you travel 6,000 miles away, I'll tell you bracha vatzlacha. But again, I'm just there, I'm a regular push and you don't have any connections. I'm diving right behind him. It's mamish. It's just, I'm living my, I'm doing my avodas Hashem and everything else is around. It says, Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, Eish Moshe could write it, and it's and he's oblivious. He's oblivious. If you look in the Ali Shur, Revolvi also talks about this. He talks about what does it mean to be an Anav. It's Anav. He says the the Avos weren't called Anav Mikol Adam, and they also weren't called Eved Hashem. We've spoken about this before. I just gave it to you from Ali Shur. We're not going to do the the entire the entire point to save time, but just to read. He says, line 20. I didn't read the first part, but I'm just picking it up. How is it possible that Hashem talks and, and Moshe hears? How, how does a person change nature? It's only if he changes his own nature. Hashem brings Nisim through people who are Baali Nisim themselves. Moshe Rabbeinu was a Baal Hanis, his whole machus. Every part of his faculty was used to channel Takanash Baruch Hu. Right? I mean, for Moshe Rabbeinu, we know there was nobody like Moshe, one of the Animamans. Nobody's going to be like Moshe ever again. But Vish Moshe Anav Ma'od, he, there was nothing personal about him. It was all about being in Evet Hashem. And then he even quotes the amazing Medrash. We mentioned this in a Shabbat Shuvah three years ago. 
It's unbelievable. Medrash, one of the most amazing Midrashim you'll ever read. It's about the death of Moshe Rabbeinu. Kodesh Baruch Hu sends, it's a Medrash in Zosah Bracha. He quotes it right here on line, on line 33. Hashem says, sends the Malach HaMavis to go bring Moshe Rabbeinu's neshama. If you've never re- read it, it's, uh, it's, it's scary, awesome, and uh, inspiring. Amr Moshe Lafnei Kodesh Baruch Hu. Sorry, Moshe says, I'm not coming. Not coming. So Hashem says, He sends one malach and another malach. There's all these messages to try to bring. Moshe keeps saying, No, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. Moshe What happened? Hashem says, sends all the malachim, even the malach and Moshe's Moshe is not coming. They go back to Hashem. I don't know what to do. Moshe is not coming. What can we do? Hashem says, if you want something done, you've got to do it yourself. Kodesh Baruch Hu says, before the Ba'atzmo, I'm going. Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu to Moshe, line 37. Moshe, put your hand, put your hand. He's about to take him. Hashem calls to Moshe's neshama. It's time. Amar Labiti, Kuvchav Shana, Kitzavti, Hayotcha, Begufo, Shel Moshe. I gave you 120 years. It's time. Today's your 120th birthday. It's time. Please leave. It's time. The neshama of Moshe Rabbeinu says, I don't want to leave. I know you are the God of everything. You created me. You put me in here for 120 years. This is the most perfect place in the entire universe. The neshama says to Hashem, I don't want to leave. Amr HaKadosh Baruch Hashem says, I'll make you an unbelievable offer. Neshama! I'll put you in the front row next to my kisei HaKavid. What more? I'll make you like a malach. Amr Lafanev, Olam. My place is more perfect than any place you could give me. Please, I'm sorry, I'm not leaving. Kodesh Baruch makes him an offer. I'm not leaving. Moshe Rabbeinu, Anam Mikaladam, he perfected himself to even his neshama didn't want to leave. That's the godless of our greatest leader of all time. And remember, what was his beginnings? Emphasizing he was a human. He was a human who perfected himself. He came from a mother, he came from a father. There was no immaculate anything. Okay, final thought. Part of a larger discussion. But, at least part of it. Rav Nevenzal. Line 7, line 8. By the way, there are Rav Nevenzals. Every time I go into the farm store now, there's another Rav Nevenzal safer coming out. It's unbelievable. There are, now there's Shailas Vachubas, Arachayim. I just saw it today. From Rav Nevenzal. It's unbelievable. Kane Yerbu. But it's, uh, it's unbelievable. More and more of his, uh, his Torah is getting, um, is getting spread out to the world. Says Rav Nevenzal. Uh, one, two points. First, one point. I think we have mentioned this point before, and that is, Chazal tell us at the beginning of next week's Parsha, what was so terrible about the Miraglim? Obviously, it was terrible. But they said, Lashonara, they should have learned from Miriam Hanaviyah. Miriam was punished because of her Lashonara. They should have learned not to speak Lashonara from Miriam. Ma HaKesher. What's the connection between Miriam Hanaviyah? Miriam Hanaviyah spoke about a human being. They spoke about Moshe Rabbeinu. B'nai Yisrael spoke about sticks and stones and dirt. What do you mean they should have learned? What do you mean they should have learned? 
Well, what do you mean? I didn't, I, nobody was embarrassed. Nobody, nobody's feelings were hurt. So Rebbe Nevezal develops the idea, the top right of the page, on page 7. Page 7, the right on the... I give you the beginning, but go to the go to page 7. He says, V'inyo no, the ikr, the, the common denominator between the two was denying the Bechira, the chosenness of God. God shows Moshe, God shows Eretz Yisrael. You deny either of those. That's a problem. Why was Moses so great? Because God chose him. Eretz Yisrael can have no other, even if it doesn't have any other mile except that Hashem chose this land, that's already enough. That's enough. It's the Am, it's the Ish Hanivchar and the Eretz Hanivcheres. That's the connection between the Lashon Hara of one and the Lashon Hara of the other. They deny, Miriam did not recognize the uniqueness of Moshe, Amisol did not recognize the uniqueness, but the uniqueness in terms of Hashem choosing it. But Narab Nevezal says a unique point. The previous point was found in others for him as well. He says it's interesting, if you look in the Torah, when I sh- the Torah wants to tell us not to speak Lashon Hara, the Torah says, remember Miriam. Remember Miriam. If you look in Chazal, when Chazal want to tell us don't speak Lashon Hara, what does the Gemara say in Arach and Daft Tezvav, line 21? Bo re'e kamagogo koach shalashen hara minolan mimaraglin. From the Maraglin, Source 17, page 7. Why does the Torah choose to tell us, don't speak Lashen hara? You know that from Miriam. While Chazal say, don't speak Lashen hara, they say, no, no, they don't suffice it with Miriam, but they say the Maraglin. Says of Nevenzal, Adover Yudua, but he relates it to the, our point. He says every mitzvah that we do, or every avera for that matter, has two parts to it. The objective content of the mitzvah and the kavana that goes into it. And the gavra, the personal element that goes into it. On the bottom right, the objective element, and number two, the kavana and the ma'amatz and the effort of the osa. For example, he says, I'll give you an example. Let's say you have a kid, you have a boy who doesn't like to learn. He's in yeshiva for nine hours a day and he learns for two hours a day. Okay, he's forced to. Says Rav Nevezal, that's one, one situation. Two hours he learns. And then he should be learning nine hours. He learns two. On the other end, you have somebody who's out working and killing himself trying to make a living, and he learns for half an hour after Shachris. And the rest of the day, he's no time. Mom, there's no time. Trying to just put, put something together. Objectively, the content, the boy learned two hours, and the, and the balabas learned a half an hour. But in terms of the ma'amats, in terms of the effort, obviously, we know the difference. You waste most of your day or you do the best you can. There's always the content objective mitzvah and the kavana that goes into it. And you have the Bayamiris as well. So he says, his taklos, line 19, with this we could give our answer. Mitzad etzem hapegam, regarding the etzem hapegam, the the objective pegam that happened, harei shechein maraglim shedibra badon hanavim hino chamer mishal maraglim shareheim dibra aladam bevavad. Miriam's avera was worse, looking objectively at the content of the avera. You spoke about a person. It was Moshe Rabbeinu talking about a person. What they speak about the maraglim dirt. So if you look at the objective action, so the Torah says, the Torah wants to say that you have to focus on, on, on you know, Lashon Hara, the content. Even though Mo- Miriam didn't have any negative kavana. If it's just purely the action is, is negative. Mitzah kavana is a and is much worse. But Miriam didn't have any negative kavanas. So the Torah says, even if you have no negative kavanas, it's still terrible, and you're not allowed to do it. So the Torah says, remember Miriam. Chazal, take it one step further. Even if what you think is do, what you think you're doing is objectively nothing wrong with it. 
if your kavana is negative, that's also something that you have to be worried about. Because Lashon Hara is about the content and it's about the kavana. Miriam, the content was bad, the kavana was not bad. The Torah says you still, it was a problem. Chazal say, even if you think the content is not bad, because you figure out, they don't mind, right? They're right, the Maraglim, the dirt is not embarrassed. But they're both, they're both negative and it's something that we have to stay away from. As we say, we shouldn't be talking about anybody other than items in Divrei Torah that people say. We've quoted in the past many times. Great people talk about ideas. Medium people talk about things. And little people talk about other people. We have to spend our time being great people, talking about ideas, especially ideas in Torah. We should all be zocha to fulfill all of the moments and all of the kochos. Chavetz Chaim says that every person in life is given a certain number of words that they have. So we have to try to use the amount of words that we have uh, to the best of our abilities. Okay, we'll stop here. Next week, we're still on for Wednesday. The following week, it'll be earlier in the week because I'm traveling uh, Wednesday. So uh, next week, there will be still be uh, Wednesday night.